Welcome to Fan the Flame, the podcast with Pastor Scott Owens and Aaron Owens. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Fan the Flame. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning here in West Texas. I am Aaron Owens. I'm Scott Owens. And we are excited about today's topic. As you can see, it's going to be sort of, it can get deep. It's probably going to get a little bit deep, which we hope that you enjoy stuff like that. We uh, Last week, we talked about the greatest Valentine's Day gift that you could give your significant other, which was uh, a trip to our first ever annual Rooted Couples event, which was a huge success. It was amazing. Amazing, Aaron. Yeah, so many couples coming and uh, falling more in love with each other, finding out more about how to invest in their relationship with, not only with each other, but with God. Yeah. Because that's the first and most important thing uh, to a healthy relationship with one another. And so it was a big success. Thank you to everyone who came out. We had like over 60-something people there, which for a first-time event for Northside, it's a pretty good deal. And we just believe it's going to get bigger and better each and every year. Um, but today's topic, as you could see from the title, we are going to be discussing what is heaven really like, uh, sort of breaking down the misconceptions about heaven, because everyone, let's be honest, everyone has an idea of what heaven is. They do. They've they seen, do. It, they seen do. it in movies, cartoons. Uh, books. And, yeah, you books. Know, 90 minutes in heaven, 90 minutes in hell. Which we'll discuss those things as well, maybe. Uh, but just to today's topic, clearing up some misconceptions about heaven. What is heaven like? And hopefully our prayer is by the end of this podcast, it'll sort of spark your interest to study the word a little bit more on your own. Uh, don't just take our word for it. Go and study the word yourself. Look this stuff up. We have scripture that we're going to reference, but uh, sort of it's fun to picture heaven. It's really fun to picture heaven. Yeah. And uh, Jesus, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about this. Jesus didn't really talk about heaven that much, though. No, he did not. Jesus talked more about hell than he did about heaven. Heaven, And uh, and we can't look at this like it's a scare tactic on his part. We have to look at it as a loving warning of the consequences of rejecting the Savior. I mean, if you warn somebody that there's impending danger uh, to what they're going toward— you would hope that person would steer clear of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I think that's what he was doing, you know. Well, it's uh, like a parent it, tearing, telling their child not to touch the hot stove. Exactly, you know. And, of course, unfortunately, not everybody heeds the warning. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that don't believe in hell, you know. And, uh, uh, and, and in all actuality, if you study the Scripture, Jesus really addressed... Uh, more about nobody has spoken more about have, uh, hell than Jesus. Uh, he is the authority on it, you know, and so he gives out this warning. And so, uh, yeah, you never hear Jesus giving us some kind of, you know, detailed portrait of what heaven looks like. But boy, he gives us a detailed portrait of what hell looks like. You know, flames never quenched, worm dieth not. There's this gnashing of teeth. And please listen to what I'm saying. It's not a scare tactic on this part of the Savior. It's a loving warning 
to stay clear of it. That's what he was wanting you to do. Stay right. clear of it, you know. He was actually doing the most loving thing by telling uh, his warning, listeners yes, yes. more about hell. And I actually taught a lesson on hell last week to our students here at Northside. And I brought up the fact that, you know, Jesus was very descriptive about hell. You know, like you just said, where the flame is not quenched, where the worm dies not, gnashing and uh, of teeth, b- complete darkness, total depravity. Yeah. But I made it very clear to them, the absolute worst part about hell is that you'll never be able to stand in the presence of God and that's, experience that's hell. Well. That's what yeah. makes it hell. It's yeah. not the it's not this scary red fiery place where the you know the guy with the pitchforks running around. It's complete you're alone. Yeah. There's no you'll never have fellowship with one another. You'll never you you know it's that like that joke that people will say, well I'll see you in hell. It's like no you won't. No. You know there's you won't see anyone in hell. No. You'll be complete alone completely alone, which was you know ultimately you won't see Jesus ever. And uh, well, that's that's what makes hell. But we're not going to talk about hell today. So let's talk about heaven. What is heaven actually like? Actually like, and where is it? Is it in the sky? Is it in space? Is it on earth? Where is heaven, and what is it actually like? Well, you know, Aaron, heaven is not limited by normal boundaries of time and space. Uh, heaven is a real place uh, that you will be able to touch and see. Uh, heaven is a place that can be inhabited by material beings with. Uh, material bodies. Uh, heaven is a realm that cannot be confined or to an area that is delimited by height and, and, and width and breadth. Uh, heaven seems to span all these dimensions. Uh, you read the Bible in Revelation chapter 3, verse 12, Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. See that there? Yeah. Which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from God. Uh, Revelation 21, 10, uh, and he carried me away into spirit to this great and high mountain and showed me this great city. All right, you see that there? Uh, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven. And so when we think about heaven, you get this uh, terminology of new Jerusalem, new earth, uh, this great city. Uh, when the Bible talks about the new Jerusalem and the new earth, the, there is this blending into a kingdom of these two and, and, and it incorporates both of these realms. And so the paradise of eternity is revealed in this magnificent kingdom where heaven and earth unite in glory. It surpasses the limits of human imagination. Limits of human, human imagination can't even go into that realm, you know? And so heaven is not marked off by or confined to this one locality that can be seen or measured. You know, Isaiah 57, verse 15, for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity. Okay, so we learn two things here. Eternity is God's dwelling place. That's where he exists. And heaven is not limited to the normal limitations or the finite dimensions that we try to wrap our minds around. It's kind of hard for the human mind to even comprehend what heaven will be like. Because like you said, it, it'll it'll be a place of material things and non-material things. Exactly. Like we'll have, like here's something to think about. We'll have all five senses that we have here on earth. Sight, taste, touch, yes. hearing, everything, everything, all well, those capacities. So Sunday I taught and I brought up the book of Revelation, I believe chapter 19, where there's actually going to be a supper held 
where we'll sit with Jesus mm-hmm. and actually have a meal. So yes. we know we'll be able to eat and taste, and I'm sure food will taste a lot better, and it won't be that non-GMO stuff and grass-fed beef and all that nonsense. It'll be uh, Chick-fil-A fast food. Greasy stuff. Yeah. It'll be great. But like, just think the sights that we'll be able to see. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to see. Uh, we'll be able to hear the sounds of praise forevermore. Yeah. We'll get. We'll just hear, think about this for a second. You'll get to hear the sound of Jesus's voice. Yeah. And and we don't. I mean, who he 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 will probably we can probably touch him in yes. heaven. You think? Yeah. Well, you know, yes. I mean, uh, you know, when when it talks about the, the a, a geographical location of heaven, we automatically, you know, take our minds to this clouded you know, uh, dwelling place. And, you know, the Bible talks about three heavens. It talks about the heaven where the birds fly. It talks about the heaven where the stars and the planets exist. And then there's this third heaven. You know, Paul said he knew a man that had gone into the third heaven, came back, could not even speak about the things that he had seen and heard. And so... It's indescribable. We can't really actually take, you know... A, a, a very logical measurement of where and 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 pinpoint on a map where, but we do know that it is going to be beyond human imagination, and uh, it's really exciting to think about. Oh my gosh! When I was studying this this morning, I just had to get up and walk around and just thank God that I'm a believer and I'm going to be going to this place that you know has it that is being prepared for us. Well, the thought of actually being able to embrace Jesus uh, for what He did—the thought of that—the thought of that alone is—and we're going to serve Him in heaven. We're well, not going to be sitting right. around strumming harps, man. And that's the misconception that I want to address because people have this mentality. And I'll be honest with you: I, at first, when I was younger, I had this mentality that the the essence of heaven will be God, Jesus sitting on a throne unapproachable we will be out somewhere like in this courtyard where we won't be able to even go up to them we won't be able to look at them we won't be able to they're just going to sit there and not get up and my my the 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 image that i had was all we're going to do is like literally just stand there you know do the whole on our knees arms up and down worshiping and that is that is a false image. Very false image. Jesus, it's not a biblical image. Yeah, there, there's, there's going to be work in heaven. And we're not angels. Exactly. We're not going to have wings. We're not going to have a halo. We're not strumming harps. We're not hanging over the cloud. You know, we are going to actually be serving the king that sits on the throne of these this kingdom that is coming together of the king, you know, the new Jerusalem, the new earth, uh, and there's going to be this blending of these two realms together in which what we are going to be doing, I don't know. But I do know the Bible is very uh, explicit in saying, hey, you're going to be serving. And, and, and this kingdom is, is, is what the main emphasis is. We'll have a job to do. Yes. We'll have a job to do. Yes. And you keep saying the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom like? A kingdom? You think is that like a real like? You think like kingdom? You think medi- medi- you know medieval times, castles, knights, castles, moats, gladiators, yeah. you know, uh, princesses hanging out the balcony with long hair, uh, dudes trying to climb her hair to get to the top, knights, you know, knights yeah. to all stuff. But that's not that's a, that's not what the kingdom of heaven is like. No, the kingdom of heaven is an Old Testament concept, Aaron. Uh, 
David spoke about it in Psalms 10, 16. The Lord is king forever and ever. He said it in Psalms 29, 10. The Lord sitteth king forever. Daniel even spoke about it. He said, and in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Ezekiel talked about it. Ezekiel 37, 25. And they shall dwell in the land that I've given unto Jacob, my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell therein, even they and their children and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be the prince forever. Now that that reference to my servant David is not actually David that we read about in 1 Samuel and wrote this. It's a reference to Christ, my servant, David. You know, So the kingdom of heaven is a phrase that is particular to Matthew. Matthew uses it 32 times in the word of God. And Matthew is the only gospel writer that uses this phrase because his readers, which were Jewish, would understand exactly what he's, what he's talking about. So there is no difference in the Bible when you read about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. One emphasizes the ruler, the other emphasizes the actual kingdom itself. And so the kingdom has two aspects, oh Aaron. There's an outer aspect and then there's this inner aspect of the kingdom. So the outer aspect, uh, without going into a lot of detail for the sake of time, you find it in Matthew 13, verses 3 through 23. It's the parable of the sower, and you also find it in Matthew 13, verse 24 through 30, which is the parable of the wheat and the tares. So here's what we get from the outer kingdom that we're talking about this outer kingdom it includes both the genuine professors of god and the superficial professors of god because in both of those parables especially in the parable of the wheat and the tares there is a separating of the wheat from the tares from the genuine to the superficial from the false and from the true and so god though permits these pretenders to kind of identify themselves right now with this outer kingdom that's, at the current that's time. Bi- that's very big statement. That's that's very deep. Like, why would God allow posers, if you want to use that terminology, which that's is a like good, yeah. modern terminology, yeah. fakers, pretenders, phonies, yeah. to actually associate themselves with his perfect, unblemished kingdom? And the real, the real uh, I guess... Uh, tree shaker is that he's going to separate the two eventually. Yeah, he's just going to left and right them. He's going to just put one to the right hand and one to the left. And so that's, you know, and then there's the inner kingdom aspect of it. This is for true believers. That's the the right. He said the kingdom of God is where in your heart, you know. And so only those who have repented and converted. Matthew 3, verse 2, John the Baptist. It's his message. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So there's the inner and there's then there's this outer aspect of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. That's crazy. Well, just the, the thought of, you know, the fact that God would allow people to pretend to be his followers, to associate and sort of identify themselves with his kingdom. And he permits that, allows it to happen. Yeah. I wonder why he does that. Honestly. And you know, there, Aaron, there's no way we can evaluate the outer aspect because we don't know men's hearts. We don't know right. who's a false. We don't know who's true. And here's what we need to understand. I've heard somebody say, uh, a lot, you know, 
back when we first started, they'd come up and they'd say, you know, uh, 90% of the church is lost, 10% is saved. And I'm like, okay, where do you get these percentages? You can actually read a man's heart. We can't do that. We don't know who the false, and it's not the church's job to say, okay, you know what? You're not a believer. You are a believer. You know, these pastors that get up and say, you're not a believer, unless they are standing on the authority of God's word that gives the evidence of what a non-believer and a believer looks like, they we can't evaluate this mingling of the pretenders posers as you said uh from the true possessors of right. faith in Jesus Christ right. we don't have that ability but God sovereignly one day will separate the two which i talked about to our students the other day or last week in our wednesday night service when we talked about hell uh the great white throne judgment where we will stand in judgment and he will literally sit and tick you off to the right or tick you off to the left. Well, the great white throne judgment, Aaron, is for lost people. And he will open up three, he will open up three books at that time in Revelation, the Bible, the book of life and the book of deeds. He's looking for your name. And all those who have yet have not believed in Jesus Christ will stand at the great white throne judgment. We will be there as believers on looking this event. And the sad reality is, is God will take those three books and show these people their what they do. What did, what did you do with ways. Jesus? Yeah. What did you do with Jesus? That's going to be the question of the hour at the great yeah, white what did, throne. What did you do with the gospel? And what they did didn't you do, do with anything with him? Wow. Yeah. Well, just the thought of like, okay, if you were the king, if you were the ruler of a kingdom and it was like this perfect place, I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, if I was the king of this kingdom, ruler of this place, and my creation was full of fakers and posers and people who were uh, phony. I wouldn't want them to associate themselves with my kingdom. It's but, a long suffering of God. Aaron. Yeah, but He's that good, merciful. He's that gracious and that merciful to even allow, uh, well, us to. It's Ephesians chapter two. But God, who is rich in yeah. mercy, yeah, rich in mercy, He loves His citizens. Yeah, Second Which, Peter, He's not willing that any should perish. Right. So speaking of citizens, what are we going to look like? That's the ultimate question because people want to know: Am I going to have the abs? Am I going to have the hair? Am I going to have the yeah. you know the perfect teeth? What yeah. am I going to what age? I'll tell you: This is a big question among our students: Is what age am I going to be when I get to yeah. heaven? Yeah, you know that's a huge question. I get a lot too. Uh, what are we going to look like? What age are we going to be? You know, uh, uh, bodily resurrection is essential to our future in heaven. Uh, when Jesus rose the third day, that was more than just for our justification. He was setting a precedence for 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 glorification of the believer. So and does so, that mean our body that we're in right now, the shell we're in right now, will be resurrected? Well, let me say, like believers, uh, believers are going to enjoy an eternity in the presence of God, in a glorified, perfect body. In a glorified, perfect body. Now, I'm going to give you some references that you know our audience can write down and read it again because for sake of time, we don't have time. This is a huge passage. But 1 Corinthians 15, verses 35 through 49, Paul deals with what our bodies are actually going to be. So, Paul sets out to borrow the imagery from Jesus. In John 12, 24, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much 
fruit. So here's what we learned. Number one, when a seed does go into the ground, once it is buried, it dies. So what happens? Fermentation, decomposition begin. Okay. So in this fermentation, in this decomposition process, this is what triggers life. Okay. So here's what we need to understand. The seed contains the pattern for the plant that grows. So it's like this, an oak tree inside of a kernel of an acorn is all that is needed to make an oak tree. Okay. So here's what we need to understand. Resurrected bodies will resemble the bodies that was that were buried on this earth. The only difference is when we start to decompose, we will have a glorified body. Listen, don't miss this phrase. We will be ourselves in heaven, but we will be perfect. Okay. What, we, what we were supposed to be before the fall. Perfect. We will be perfect. So if you look in verse 35 of 1 Corinthians 15, these doubters were like, oh, this is ridiculous that we can have normal flesh and live in heaven. So in verse 39 of 1 Corinthians 15, Paul addresses that these that the resurrected body will be a totally different flesh from what they deemed as normal flesh. So it will, listen, don't, let me slow down just a minute. It will be literal human flesh, but glorified and perfect. Right. We need to understand that. Because human flesh, real human flesh brings all five senses into play. Okay. And so it will be a totally different flesh from what our earthly flesh is. So if you look in verses 40 and 41 of 1 Corinthians 15, Paul's making this argument. God can make any kind of flesh he wants to. Right. You know? And so in verses 42 and 44, in heaven, we're going to have a real body. Okay? We're not going to be spirits floating around. We're going to have a real body that is permanently and eternally perfect. So get this. No wrinkles, no sickness, no disease. We're not going to be susceptible to injury or harm. Okay. That's what the Bible said in the book of Revelation. There'll be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more more sickness, no more death. And so we are going to actually have physical bodies, which are glorified and perfect. It goes like this. Our bodies will resemble that of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's That good. of Jesus yeah. Christ. It yeah. will resemble that of Jesus Christ. Now get this, Aaron. Heaven or the or, or the New Jerusalem is fifteen hundred miles high. Okay. What does that mean? That means that's how high the great city is. Okay. okay? So in these bodies, if you read the gospels, Jesus, after he resurrected. Okay, so we're not going to have to have elevators when we get to heaven to try to get to where we need to be. We can transport. We'll be transported. Jesus would would show up on the spur of the moment and leave at the spur of the moment. That's Old Testament too. That's that, that's I mean, the whole Bible. He, I'm speaking, you know, and, and and people are like, I got my notes in my office. I wish I'd have brought them in here. I didn't add them to these notes here, but uh, it, it's amazing to try to wrap your mind around this. Okay. How are we going to move around? Well, it's almost like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to think about it and boom, I'm going to be there. You see what I'm saying? And so that's incredible. 
here's what you need to understand, too. How old are we going to be? Well, you know, how old was Jesus when he resurrected? He's 33 and a half years old. So you're going to have you're going to hit that middle prime middle age you know prime you know we're, we're not gonna there's not gonna be old women old men babies floating around all this stuff because we're aging kinda, is a product of, of of decay of sin of sin exactly of so sin. yeah exactly. so there yes. won't be any more aging exactly yeah necessary yeah and so and in other words you're, you're an acorn right now and one day you'll be an oak tree and then that's you're, that'll, you're, that'll preach you're an, you're a nut right now and one day you'll be full of life full of yeah. fruit full of tree yeah. so don't worry the the nuts will be resurrected well take yeah. that however you want but yeah. um so okay that's amazing Aaron. That's, think about it that's it's crazy yeah well and, and that whole new that's the thing too is there's going to be a new Jerusalem new mm-hmm. uh, it says the bible says a new heaven, mm-hmm. a new earth. So that's two completely different places, and we'll be able to pass between both places. Well, you need to picture it, and the New Jerusalem will suspend over the new earth. It's like it looks like a parallel, two parallel yeah. lines. You'll have the you'll have the New Jerusalem kind of suspending over the new earth, and we'll go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But get this, back to what we talked about earlier. We will be serving the King. Right. The middle of New Jerusalem will be the throne. David's throne, Jesus' throne. Oh, okay. But know, the same thing. Because uh, yeah, David, that's what Ezekiel yeah. said. The know, Davidic my covenant, servant David. Yeah. yeah, and so that Davidic covenant. You're 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 right. The Davidic it's, covenant hasn't been fulfilled yet. No, it's perpetual. It's a never yeah. ending. His his throne, David's is throne, is is empty. It's in empty this right moment. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus will pass through the eastern gate of Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, to, in in the Jerusalem that exists today. The New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem. He'll pass okay. through the Eastern Gate, and boom, there it is. Yeah. And so he will sit up. He will. He will. He will. He will sit upon the 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 throne of David, and he will rule for a thousand years in peace. Yeah. And then there'll be one last onslaught of Satan's attempt to try to do whatever he needs to do, and he'll be cast in the lake of fire forever and ever. And then, and 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 listen, the Bible kind of cuts it off right there. It's kind of yeah. boom. It's like we're over, and, and it's so amazing. What we're talking about today, that John ends the book of Revelation with, even so, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Like, we want this to happen now. Man, I want it now. You know, and I'm sitting here right now with goosebumps thinking about, man, what have we got to look... uh, Is it any wonder why Jesus told me and you and everybody else, don't get too nailed down to this old dang earth, man, because, you know, it's going to be burn up and fire and judgment. I also think of when he said, seek first the things of the kingdom you of heaven believe it. like yes like keep your mind on those things exactly keep your yeah. mind on that yeah. what we're talking yeah. about today lay up for yourself treasures in heaven because that's the thing is like there's freedom in heaven oh Aaron, like gosh. you're you're not gonna we're not gonna be confound to one geographical location no we'll have our now when the bible says we're gonna have our own mansions i've studied and read commentaries that that doesn't mean you're gonna have your own house down mm-hmm. the street from the mm-hmm. house of jesus but mm-hmm. we're gonna be having our own rooms in the in in the kingdom, in the kingdom where, yeah. where Jesus, where God, where yeah. they reign, we're going to have our own room there. So we'll have a place to. to and do- you probably won't exist there much because you'd yeah. rather put your eyes on Him. That's the thing. It's like, well, there won't be a. Well, I don't know. Will there be a need for rest because God created. I don't know. I know there'll be no need for light because yeah. He is the light that lights the city. 
Well, God, that's because think about that. God created everything and it was perfect and it was good. He was working. Mm -hmm. We will have work in heaven, but yeah. he took time to rest. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we'll have time to rest. That's, on, that's in the Bible. Just think of the Bible. immense size, 1,500 miles high, Aaron. Yeah, that's insane. That is like from here to North Carolina. Yeah. About the same. I mean, think about it. And and so, yeah, I mean, we're talking about – and let me let me – let me just plug this in before you get to the next question. Don't get caught up in all of the details of here. Yeah, like the what ifs and what ars. Here's and what you really need to get caught up in is what is the pathway to heaven. Yeah, because like where do we go when we die? That's the thing. Or like what happens when we die? I mean, and, 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 and the thing about it is the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.8 that we are confident. I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So it's a moment of just man in a twinkling of an eye you are you are done and and, and you know Jesus said let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my Father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you look what he said I go to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare this place for you I'm going to come again receive you in myself and here's the key there you may be also so what happens to people when they die they if they are believers they are in the presence of of yeah, the lord they go to Boom. their place they 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 they're in the presence of the lord now is jesus still preparing this place for us i the bible doesn't answer that yeah, I, don't I don't know, know. you know do, but here's what you need to understand is if if people that are listening to me and you today don't know for sure that heaven will be their home their path to heaven is uh, how I get there is more important than what it's like. Yeah. Don't worry about what it's like. Worry yeah. about whether or not you've done what is asked of you in the Bible yeah. to get to make sure heaven will be your home. Then enjoy like me and you this morning in this office, the, the, the glory of thinking, man, we're getting ready to one day we'll see this place. Well, and also quit worrying about whether or not everyone around you is going to heaven or hell. Like people are so caught up in, oh, yeah. well, it's obvious they're going to heaven or, you know, they're so bad. They're yeah. going to, like, who cares? Worry about yourself. Yeah. Where are you going? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? And people have different concepts of hell. You know, there's some that teach on purgatory. Right. And well, purgatory yeah. was more or less yeah. just, you know, to, to generate funds when it was, you know, uh, when it was brought about in, in, in that, in that faith. You can't look to religion to give you any kind of uh, uh, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for affirmation on any kind of whatever people say. You've got to look to the scriptures, and that's what we do. We're about the Word of God here. You are phenomenal message this week, and you preached brought a whole different twist to worship. We can't make up our own concepts of worship, of heaven, of hell, of this. We have got to look to the scriptures, and that's right. what we that's what we're doing. Any type of worship or assumptions, I guess you'd say, or whatever you do that's outside the context of Scripture is counterfeit worship, counter, it, counterfeit it faith, and it's unacceptable. Um, you drew it out this weekend, and, and, and I hope people get on our Facebook page and watch it because the way Jesus was relaxing, and, and, and people think, oh, he was sitting at a table like we do. The no. way he was relaxing and the way Mary went behind him and hid out of everybody's sight, everybody's eye, you know, frame, uh, and worshipped him in her own personal uh, uh, time. She didn't, uh, she didn't want to be seen. Dude, you painted a picture more vivid than I've ever seen it. Uh, and, and, and people need to watch that video to learn what true worship is because true worship is not getting in church Jumping up and down, the hype—it's me 
what? Concealing myself behind who? Jesus. Jesus. You did it yeah. right, man. I mean, you the Holy yeah. Spirit used you to paint that picture this Praise weekend. Praise the Lord. Well, you yeah. can... Uh, you can actually listen to that message on our uh, website, which is northsidechurch.co, northsidechurch.co. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, pretty deep subject, pretty fun subject to talk fun, about. Yeah. Listen, if you're a Christian and you don't get excited about talking about heaven, oh, man. then Golly. there is something seriously wrong with you. I would you need to come not, to church. Yeah, I would doubt that you even are a Christian. Um, the 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 topic of heaven, something that we can get into. We can get so wrapped in the what ifs and the what are we going to be doings and what are we going to be looking like. But ultimately, the, the the main objective that we want you to take away from today is that uh, the best part is that it's eternity in the presence of Jesus. Heaven's and, real. Yeah, heaven's real. And yeah. so is hell. Uh, and, and don't read these books. Don't yeah, read these, these books. Head, it's heaven real. Heaven, no, 90, minutes stuff, heaven, yeah, 90 minutes in heaven. 90 minutes in heaven. That's just marketing gimmicks. Yeah, that's get, all it is. Get your truth from the Throw Bible. Throw them in the trash. Yeah, get your truth from yeah. the Bible. It's so crazy. As good as heaven is, as great as heaven is, you would think Jesus would want to talk about it all so much, but man, he really didn't. But that's another conversation. That's what makes it exciting. Yeah, that's another conversation. So, uh, But with that being said, we hope that you enjoyed it today. Please let us know if you have anything that you would like us to discuss, talk about. We've had some feedback already. We've had some people tell us some things that they would like us to discuss. So that will be something that you could look forward to in the future. Um, please let all your friends know about this uh, channel. We're having fun with it. We know that you're having fun with it. We believe that God's blessing it. Uh, we hope that you enjoy it. Again, you can listen to uh, past Sunday, this last Sunday's message on our website um, and go check that out. Um, but with that being said, I'm Aaron. I'm Scott. We'll see you guys later.